today on The Travel Guys. In the travel news, as we suspected in recent weeks, the deadline for needing a real ID to fly has been moved again. And Delta Airlines is flying to Cuba starting April 10th. Those stories and more next in the news. In our Smarter Traveler segment at 320, we tell you five ways to spot an Airbnb scam. Should you buy travel insurance? It's truly a personal decision based on many factors. We have an expert to share some wisdom on travel insurance at 335. And finally at 350, an update from Hertz Car Rental and how that they're still chasing people for stealing their cars. Except in many cases, the person Hertz is chasing didn't even rent the car. And a few words about recognizing cultural differences when you travel in another land. Lots of information to make you a smarter traveler. Right here in the next hour with the Travel Guys. On the road again. Just can't wait to get on the road again. To Alaska, I go north to Russia's own. My friends, Mark Hoffman and Sam Romano with you, just as regular as can be, every Sunday, 3 to 4. It's another edition of the Travel and Entertainment Guys, brought to you by Sports Leisure Vacations. I'm Tom Romano, and right over there somewhere is Mark Hoffman. Mark, (laughs) uh, good afternoon. Where might we find you on this uh, beautiful Uh, Sunday? I I am out with a bunch of sports leisure travelers on what we call mystery tour. So I won't be able to tell you where we are until we get back and we'll talk about it next weekend. (laughs) Okay. The question simply needs to be asked. Why would anybody want to go on a trip where they have no idea where they're going? I, uh, you know, that was a mystery to me in the beginning. But we do these uh, when COVID is raging out there three or four times a year. They're incredibly popular with our customers. I guess it's it has to do with trust the company that you're doing business with, that you've traveled with them a lot, and you trust that they will find cool and neat places. People often say, how do you pose a, how do you create a mystery tour? And I always tell them, well, every time I find something that I know you folks will really enjoy, but you would never buy it if I told you where you were going, then that's where a mystery tour comes from. So we should do a segment and, and, and talk about mystery tours at, at, on a show in the future. Hey, listen, I see that uh, there was an amazing football game at Sac State last night. Well, actually, it was Friday night, but uh, it was more than amazing. Uh, yeah, uh, Sac State, of course, for those that follow Sac State are aware of this, and we want to shout out a big a big congratulations to a team that has gone further than any Sac State uh, team has has gone in the history of the school, uh, all the way to the second level of the playoffs, and only only gave up that game by three points, sixty six to sixty three against an amazing team uh, out of San Antonio, the Incarnate Word. And congratulations to the team and to the fans and to the school and to the coach. Uh, Coach Taylor, who uh, showed kind of an idea as to how good this guy is, uh, he is now the head coach for uh, the Stanford Cardinals. So there you go. 
Yeah, pretty pretty amazing. I agree with you. Huge congratulations um, to the players, to everybody associated with it. You know, you and I have lived in Sacramento for a long time. And listen, we were we were kidding before we started the show that there have been some decades when the Sacramento State team didn't win a dozen football games, or at least it seemed that way. So a huge turnaround and just a yeah, they came up a little bit short, but. Amazing effort. I would have loved to have seen that football game, 66-63. Anyway, we need to get back on travel. All right. Oh, by the way, I would imagine since it was broadcast on ESPN+, and they save those and play them back, if you have the time, ESPN+, Plus, you can probably get a replay on that game, and I, I'm certainly going to watch it a couple more times, too. All right. As we always do at the top of every Travel Guys radio show, we bring you up to date on the travel news. And with the travel news, here's Mark. Well, we mentioned in the headlines that Delta Airlines has announced that it will resume service to Havana, Cuba in the spring of next year. Starting in April, they will run two flights a day from the Miami airport. You're going to have to talk to uh, the Cuban capital in Havana if you and get referred to the U.S. Embassy website for details on requirements for making those flights, but the big deal is that U.S. citizens will be able to go to Cuba on regularly scheduled aircraft starting next spring. So that, that Tom, is a, a pretty big deal. The other big headline item, as we had been talking about here on the program for the last few weeks, the real ID requirement for air travel has been delayed again. Americans are going to have until May 2025 So it's a two-year delay to obtain a real ID driver's license or identification card. It's the latest of several delays. Um, Because it's being delayed, I guess it's not worth going into a huge conversation about today. But at some point, perhaps, you will still have to get one of those real IDs. Um, If you are renewing your driver's license in the next couple of years, you're automatically going to get a real ID. So this will only apply to folks who perhaps are not renewing their license in the next couple of years. Airline complaints declined in December, but they are still three times higher than they were before the pandemic. I'm going to suggest you not only are airlines messing with the travelers more, but travelers are a lot better informed about how to file a complaint against the airlines. And I think that's probably working against them in that consumers are, are funded the path to to filing complaints with the Department of Transportation a little bit simpler than in the past, and that explains why there are more of them. Cruise lines are back and more popular than ever. Cruise lines reported reaching a record number of bookings this past Black Friday and Cyber Sunday commercial holidays, signaling a rise in popularity and demand that is outstripping pre-pandemic levels. Um, Just one word of caution there. Remember, all of these cruise lines, many of them are carrying a tremendous amount of debt We lost one cruise line during the pandemic, so just do your homework there. Make sure that you're protecting your purchase. Delta Airlines has announced that they have a Starbucks bonus gift card if you buy a Delta gift card. There are 6,000 of these available until September the 16th or until they run out. If you buy a $250 Delta gift card, you can receive a free $20 Starbucks gift card. Go to the Delta website and see if the cards are still available. So if you you go if you're planning on traveling anyway, why not buy a couple of gift certificates? If you're a Starbucks person, well, you can pick up a couple of gift cards that you can use at Starbucks along the way. 
And finally, in the travel news, um, the most sinful and least sinful cities have been announced by our friends at Wallet Hub. They have, <laughs> have some criteria for figuring that out. Um, what do you feel? What do you figure is the most sinful city? In well, the United States. You know, everybody knows that the Sin City is the nickname for Las Vegas. Exactly. So that's the, that's the number one Sin City. But what would be second or third, perhaps? Any guesses? Oh, uh, I don't know. Uh, maybe Miami. Uh, yeah. Maybe. maybe uh, Miami or, Miami doesn't, uh, didn't make the list. Orlando. No, no, no. Orlando wouldn't uh, be there. Uh, uh, New Orleans. Uh, San Francisco. That, that's a, those are good guesses, the last two. But no, they're, according to Wallet Hub, LA. Um, St. Louis, oh. St. Louis, Philadelphia, Houston, Atlanta, L.A., Denver, Chicago, Baton Rouge, Louisiana. Um, I think that's a spinoff from your New Orleans idea. And Phoenix, Arizona. The um, that Those are considered to be the most uh, sinful cities in the United States, the least sinful cities are all small towns, but one of them, believe it or not, at 180 is Fremont, California. So that's kind of interesting. <laughs> and that is your travel news for today. Yeah, you're from, you're from St. Louis, aren't you, Mark? Or your family there? Well, relatives there. Yeah, yeah relatives yeah. there. Well, what do you think, Be them being named in the, the, the top of the heap? St. Louis, for many years, has had a bad rap as a city that really has been down in the dumps. Um, I think they're doing a better job now. The downtown area still could use a little improvement, I think. But you've got the Arch and the Budweiser Brewery and Bush Stadium 3 and Ballpark Village and some things downtown. So it just depends on what part of St. Louis, I think, that you're visiting. Some parts of the city are better than others. All right. We are the Travel Guys. Don't forget, uh, follow along at TravelGuysRadio.com. Com. And when we come back after a short time out in our Smarter Traveler segment, we're going to tell you five ways to spot an Airbnb scam. That's coming up here on The Travel Guys. Magnolia trees at night, sparkling bright, fields of cotton love. Wherever you are, we're there. Travel and entertainment guys, Mark Hoffman and Tom Romano. Find us uh, on iHeartRadio anytime that you're uh, away from town. And don't forget, podcasts of these shows can be found at TravelGuysRadio.com. And as promised, we're here to make you a smarter traveler. And we're going to dig into this Airbnb scam thing, Mark. And I would imagine a lot of these tips that you're going to give... Uh, in regards to recognizing scams, probably will equate to a lot of other things that we might engage in as well. They, 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 they sort of do, Tom. And listen, this could be a very long list, and I'm not to suggest that every person who is uh, renting an Airbnb property, either who's offering one for rent or looking for one to rent, is trying to scam people. But the fact of the matter is that the travel industry is full of people who are trying to perpetrate scams, and Airbnb is no exception. And there are you probably could make a huge list of of tips, the things to be aware of. But what we have come up with here today is a list of five possible things that we think um, they we are helped by the travel experts at Travel Lens on this particular project today. So uh, the first one on our list, Tom, has to do with communication. You know, you're going to you go online and you you start to consummate an Airbnb 
vacation rental or stay in an Airbnb property. And so information starts being exchanged and uh, emails and stuff like that. And suddenly the person that you're renting from is asking you for, you know, a personal email and uh, phone numbers and wants to communicate with you um, away from the Airbnb site. Boy, that's just a huge, huge, huge red flag. Mm -hmm. Um, If you if, if you're. Uh, if you're trying to do business with somebody and they're trying to move you to another area, um, then you really need to be on on your your best alert there. And I would say that um, I can't think of a reason. Having been to the Airbnb site, I've only rented from from them once. But when this came out this week, I spent some time there. And really and truly, Airbnb has done a lot to try to protect people who are looking for vacation rentals on their site. So um, if a host is trying to get you to move off the site, then that's really should be the sign of a red flag. Um, Next on the list, Mm -hmm. email links. Um, Look out for um, fake Airbnb links that may request personal data from you with the promise of receiving the best deal on a property or maybe first dibs on on new properties that are listed. So you can be the first ones to get in Um, really and truly. Now, these are going to be links that in many cases are sent in spam emails and the like. Um, You really need to avoid clicking these links, say the experts. If you really are, you know, you think this might be a realistic one or there might be something worth following up, check the URL and try to make sure that, um, that the site that you're visiting is legitimate. And if there's any question in your mind, then they're probably fishing for your data and you really should stay away. You know, one of the things that happens with Airbnb, and and I've experienced this, is that, you know, you will, you want to be able to get in contact directly with uh, the super host who's, you know, that has the property and so forth. And sometimes you want to just like send them a text and they want to send you a text. And so it's common to be able to get that and to be able to communicate Mm -hmm. back and forth without going through the Airbnb app the whole time. I would say once you've made that contact and you're communicating in that fashion, uh, I would just recommend that you, uh, you know, limit it and, and don't and don't fall into the trap of giving them information in a text at that particular point. What else you got, Mark? Well, and yes, and, and to your point there, Tom, too, um, if somebody's trying to exchanging, a, you know, asking a simple question and getting ans- it getting answered is one thing. If that host starts asking for more personal information or suggesting that there's a way for you to pay them directly away from the site, then that's something that you really, really want to be careful for. Yeah. Okay, number three here on our list of five, um, too good to be true. Uh, anytime you find anything on the planet that looks like it's too good to be true, you've always got to stop and think for a minute and say, hmm, is this, is this really something that where there's value here? If you're suspicious of an Airbnb listing, here's something you can try. Try reverse imaging the photos used in the listing and seeking out reviews and other evidence that the property is real and legitimate. Users, you can right-click on the image and select the option Search for Image with Google Lens to start that process. Now, um, it's a way to be able to, because if somebody is is perpetrating a scam, they may be trying to make the property look a little bit better, or it may be an entirely different property than the one that you think that you're renting. 
Um, so if it sounds too good to be true, price-wise, quality-wise, compared to the price, you need to be at least a little bit suspicious. And then fourth on our list is take a close look at your potential host profile before you book, as Airbnb has begun verifying both hosts and guests. And experts point out that the number of listings on one profile can be a tell because it's unlikely that an individual host will have a large number of properties for rent. So again, looking for red flags, that's one of them. So there's the fourth one on our list. Well, you know, I've that was a that's a tough one because there are sometimes people that have a few properties. Uh, maybe they, mm-hmm. you know, that that's what they do. Uh, they work exactly. with they work as a super host, and uh, they may or may not have a personal relationship with a person that's renting the, uh, the the property. But they're they're working as a middleman. So I don't know how many. You know, I've seen perhaps up to as many as four maybe five being listed through the same super host when do you when do you know how many before you start to get suspicious you know i think that what the point is here um is the folks at travel lens are trying trying to make is that it doesn't mean that somebody who has multiple properties or even half a dozen properties for rent to your point it could be somebody that that's just one of the ways they make their living Um, is necessarily a scam, but the fact that a listing contains that many properties for rent should be a flag to you as a a potential renter, as somebody who might occupy the property, that maybe you should do, make sure that you do your homework on those types of listings a little bit more. Doesn't mean that they're that they're bogus, but just means that that's a flag that tells you that maybe you you want to dig a level deeper before you make a commitment. And finally, um, in that digging a level deeper department comes our fifth uh, clue here, which is always read the reviews when considering renting an Airbnb. I can't imagine that anybody would not read the reviews before they they committed to a property, but still. Um, sometimes what seems to be very simple advice turns out to be the thing that you overlook. But read up on the property as well as the host, and you might consider avoiding those with no reviews. Um, that can be a red flag, too. Once again, everybody has to get started somewhere on Airbnb mm-hmm. as being a host. So you might just find somebody who's making their first dive in to the pool. But um, if it's simply because the listing is brand new, read reviews for the host. And go from there using your best judgment. Reviews are really, really important um, to validate the legitimacy of hosts and listings. So um, if you're unsure about a property and you're thinking about renting, be sure you check the reviews before you before you book. And you can go to TravelGuysRadio.com. We have this entire article, which came on Travel Pulse, uh, one of the news uh, uh, listings that we use here at the Travel Guys. Um, they took the story from Travel Lens. And the links are available at TravelGuysRadio.com. So if you are an Airbnb renter, or even if you're a host, I think, um, these are, are, are clues as to things that you can do to try to make your properties more attractive and, and put up less of a red flag to folks who uh, might be thinking about, uh, about renting with you. Thomas, coming up after the news break here at the bottom of the hour, we're going to talk a little bit about travel insurance. We have an expert from World Nomads. She's got some great travel stories to share with us, too, that might get you a laugh or two. But travel insurance is really serious business. 
Um, there are a lot of different companies that sell it. There are a lot of there are many different types of policies. There are ones that allow you to cancel for any reason and get a partial refund without having any legitimate reason. There are some that you can buy where you have medical where you have to to prove medical reasons or other reasons for canceling in order to be able to get the insurance policy to pay off. Uh, Tom, let me ask you, I'm a person who sells travel. Um, but I, and obviously I offer travel insurance to people who travel on trips with my company. Uh, you travel independently occasionally. Do you insure your travels with travel insurance? And you know, my travel are so minor league uh, that it doesn't really fall into the category that it's really worth uh, insuring. Um, I'm sure someday that's going to change, and I will definitely consider it, seeing that I've been listening to this show for the last 12, 12 years. How many of your, uh, how many of your folks that uh, do, you, do you sell travel insurance to? Well, most of the people who travel with Sports Leisure Vacations, because we are package travel, and we're taking of people out. Many of them are mature travelers. And so it's important to them to have insurance. But again, um, just quickly, uh, travel insurance sometimes is age related and is sold on age based. So then it can be much more expensive for people who are older as opposed to not being age based. So those is another area that you need to kind of check out. So that's why we've got our expert coming up after the after the news and that she will share at least a few ideas that try to put you on the right track. There you go. And we'll have links to her website and all that at TravelGuysRadio.com. Stick around. We'll be back with more right here on The Travel Guys. Hey there, Mark and Tom, the travel and entertainment guys, brought to you by Sports Leisure Vacations, here to make you a smarter traveler. And, of course, during the holiday seasons, people who perhaps almost never travel at all uh, are out on the road. So it's it's quite quite a bit of activity going on. Our special guest is Christina Tuna. She's with she's the head of America's for World Nomads. And we're going to we're going to find out what that's all about, too. Uh, welcome to the program, Christina. Thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. Christina, tell us um, off the, the bat here before we get going, what is World Nomads? Well, World Nomads is a travel insurance and assistance company, and we have been protecting, connecting, and inspiring our travelers from all over the world for the last 20 years. I think our count of late is 3 million customers since our launch in 2002. And we're also a, a business that really wants our travelers to get the most out of their adventures and support them when things go wrong. Before we talk a little bit about that, you folks did a, uh, a holiday traveler survey. Um, there are lots of these things, and we like to pick up on them once in a while because some of them are kind of fun. Um, you, you, in, your, in your survey here, it says the most stressful thing about flying continues to be flight delays and cancellations. Yeah, that's, that, that's definitely way up there. But then you have a really interesting thing here. When asked who would be the worst seatmate, <laughs> um, you have some interesting, some interesting answers here. Um, topping the list is Drunken Dan, followed by Snoring Steve, Loud Larry, and Shoeless Samantha. Um, and, you know, I think I know all four of these people, but, um, maybe not individually, but certainly by, certainly categorically, um, tell us a little bit about these worst seatmates that folks identified. 
Well, yes, I think I think the top one on that list that you that you noted is the drunken passenger seat. Um, I think what's happening and trending now is because of COVID and a lot of the disruption that's been happening with flight attendants. In fact, a lot of airlines no longer serve alcohol or they are limiting the number of drinks that they serve to a passenger. So um, obviously, uh, if, if you are even deemed to be drunk before you get on a flight, oftentimes an airline has the right to uh, refuse you boarding. Um, but yeah, it, it, it has happened in the past. A lot of our poll takers have said that that's one of the worst nightmares that they could imagine having as a seatmate. Um, and then, of course, the next one there is someone who snores, right? And let's add to that snoring, drooling, and maybe tilting over into your space to rest our head on your shoulder. Let me let me ask you something here. Drunken Dan, um, there's probably no dealing with him because the best thing you can do is hope that Drunken Dan will 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 fall asleep. Um, so you, you've got the snoring guy and and the loud guy who's talking all the time, and then you've got the lady here, Shula Samantha, who I'm, I'm guessing is referring to people who like to get on the plane and treat it like their living room, take their shoes <laughs> off, and um, all that kind of stuff. So as as a passenger, you're sitting next to this guy who's snoring and drooling and kind of slowly working his way into your space. Is there what what do you do about that? Is there is there a protocol here that you would suggest or that you would do on an airplane if you had a seatmate like that? Well, yes, I think there are a few gentle nudges that you could give as a seatmate to someone who might be loud or shoeless or snoring. Uh, I've been in situations where I've actually let the person, if they're tilting in my area, let them sleep. You know, that's fine, especially if it's a short flight. Um, but for the loud person, I, you know, you put your headphones on, you can maybe try and tune it out. Or you could just give a gentle reminder and let that loud Larry sort of, hey, can you keep it down? Um, I think especially the volatility of traveling under a very stressful time of year in the holidays, there is a little breath that we all have to take to not only remember that it, it is a season of patience and kindness as much as of gift giving and seeing family. And just remembering that before you maybe uh, give someone advice to or give someone a, a request to pipe down mm-hmm. or put their she- shoes back on yeah. um, is... Is, is just you know do it with kindness. Well, you know, Tom, have you, Tom, have you ever gotten on a plane and, and and sat next to somebody who? I mean, I don't really mind the shoe thing, but some people's feet are not always. Um, some of them are are odiferous to say the least. To say the least. Have you ever had a situation like that, Tom? Uh, yeah, yeah. You you know, I only the drunk. You know, and my wife was sitting next to a lady. Actually, she's the one that really enjoyed it all the the woman got really really drunk and she had a sad story and she began to she began to cry on her shoulder and crawl into her seat with her and then asked her if she wanted if they wanted to kiss and and i mean it was it was horrible and she she lost her identification and they had to get the uh, flight attendants to help her uh, get off the off the plane it was kind of sad because she did have a real you know as a divorce thing and it, it can get pretty ugly. You have to show a little sympathy, but you know when you when you said you have to take a breath. Sometimes that's not what you want to do, uh, and giving him a nudge sometimes means the point of your elbow to get him out of that snoring slumber. <laughs> Christine, do you have any recommendation for the person who takes who starts undressing on the airplane next to you? I mean, if you is is that just something that you just have to put up with and you just ignore? <laughs> 
I, I think the shoeless Samantha is one of those situations where you're just going to have to bear it and do the best you can to not keep looking at it. <laughs> Look out the window. Um, don't buy basic economy. That might be don't fly spirit airlines. There might be a better. But but haven't you uh, told me that you'll find people taking their shoes off that are seated in the bulkhead area where they can take their shoes off and then put their their feet up against the wall in front. of Absolutely. them. Absolutely. Because, after all, it's their house, and, you know, why would anybody else care if they put their stinky feet all over the place? All right, Christina Tuna, um, who is with World Nomads, is our guest here on the Travel Guys this afternoon. We're talking about a crazy poll that her company did about seatmates and some of the folks who can be kind of a – it can kind of ruin your trip along the way. Let's get a little bit more serious here, Christina, and talk a little bit about what World Nomads does, which is travel insurance. Um, this has been a, a difficult area for a lot of people the last few years. Um, we've been through a pandemic. Travel insurance is an interesting buy to start with. There are a lot of different companies and different coverages. Um, a lot of people found out that during the pandemic that specifically um, travel insurance policies did not cover people who were sick because of a pandemic. Um, and so how do folks know? Um, we don't know that, that the whole COVID thing is over with and who just knows what's next around the bend. And frankly, in my company, the last three weeks, we've had a truckload of cancellations just because of the common flu, which has really been a problem here in, in Sacramento. So how do people sort through all of this mishmash? The average traveler, um, picks up a travel insurance policy folder and how do they know if it's what they need or not? Yeah. Insurance can be very confusing, especially for first-time travelers. Um, And I think the first thing to remember about insurance is that there's no such thing as a standard plan, right? Um, That that one T-shirt isn't suitable for everybody. It has to be something that fits you. And the same applies to insurance. You have to, unfortunately, you have to read the policy wording um, and you have to really assess it on the grounds of what's important to you. Every every traveler is very different and what they find important is going to be different to that seatmate <laughs> and what they find important. So if you're concerned about getting sick overseas and getting medical help, then you want to look at your policy wording with that in mind. But if you're less concerned about that and you're more concerned about protecting your investment in your trip and should that trip have to be canceled, you want to be able to recoup those unreturned deposits, then you're going to read the policy wording with that in mind. So every person really just needs to personalize what they look for and they need to zone in on those policy wording benefits and make sure that if it's um, if it's what's called a named peril, a named loss, it means an insurance policy will name exactly what you're covered for. Other policies just give you coverage for sickness. They don't say what sickness you have to have in order for it to be covered, but they'll just say you're covered for sickness that if you have to cancel because of it, there is possible coverage. And that's going to be a big difference between accepting one policy versus another when you read through those nuances of a policy. So, for example, with COVID, uh, some policies just put that under the sickness bracket. Okay, Mm -hmm. happy days. Other policies made a very explicit exclusion for pandemics of which COVID was one. It's all in those details. What is the the most important thing, in your opinion, that folks should look for in a travel insurance policy? 
I think they need to look for um, is there a is it primary or secondary coverage? I think most people who have health insurance understand that concept of primary versus secondary for medical. They should look for that uh, to understand that if they get sick and they have hospital fees or bills that that will be covered by the insurance company, will the insurance company consider those hospital bills as secondary to their main health insurance when they get back home? Or will it just cover cover it as the first uh, bill payer? That's a really important concept that people need to understand. They also need to understand that not everything is covered. And there is a requirement, if you will, that travelers have to take a responsibility and a duty of care for not putting themselves in risky situations. And a great example of this, and we're sort of talking about drunken Dan here, if you are drinking and intoxicated and you decide to go on a moped in Thailand and you get into a car accident, you're not going to get covered because you were under the influence of alcohol or drugs. Um, And insurance companies, most of them will say that is a reason for exclusion of coverage. Wow, that's a that's a pretty interesting thing. Christina, what would you say is the biggest red flag that folks should look out for? Is there something that perhaps your company does that other companies do not or something that when when you look at other companies coverage, you say, oh, my God, that's really that could really be an issue for people. Is there is there something that folks really should look out for that should be a red flag to them when they're shopping for travel insurance? I think one of the first things is to get a sense of is there, you know, are they looking for a, what's called a cancel for any reason plan? And while that sounds great on the headline, you actually have to read through the details because there are still some conditions that the traveler has to make sure they're fulfilling before what's called the CFAR, cancel for any reason plan, will actually kick in. There are exclusions, there are time limitations. Um, that that might be uh, contingent to how the coverage is played out. So I think travelers should be very clear on those types of red flags. I think some of the other pieces is if the traveler is uh, doing adventure activities, then to look for plans that might cover the particular activity that they're doing, right? They're doing certain adventure sports. Read up on whether that particular activity, it could be parasailing on the beach, it could be golf, it could be kayaking. Look it up and make sure that that is something that if you're going to be doing it, that your plan that you're looking at is as a good fit is a plan that's going to cover that activity should something happen while you're doing that activity. And I, and I think the other sort of other thing to look for is you're taking your tech with you. Be very clear on whether the plan covers, has a a limit on a per item limit. And if it's lost or stolen, what is covered? Is it depreciated value or is it replacement cost? Most Uh, travel insurance plans only cover depreciated value. All very good points. And and on that cancel for any reason coverage Mm -hmm. also, um, make sure you read the fine print, as Christina has pointed out here, because in some cases those policies do not refund 100%. Mm-hmm. So they are more costly, and they do allow you literally in, to cancel for just about any reason. But as Christina said, you want to read the policy, and you want to make sure that that's what you want because you're going to pay considerably more for that type of coverage because the insurance company knows that 
you know, if you get out of bed on Tuesday morning and decide you don't want to go, why then you and you cancel, um, it may cost them a lot of money. So, yes, cancel for any reason. I, I, I agree with you that that it sounds very good. But in some cases, perhaps not so much. Um, Christina, lots of good information. Thank you. It was fun to have a few laughs about uh, Drunken Dan and some of the other seatmates <laughs> there. But more importantly, um, travel insurance is its not only big business, but it's really important to people who travel, uh, especially older folks who may have a longer list of, of things. Other thing, Another thing is that travel insurance also may be age-rated. So if you're looking at a policy, then you say, gee, that's kind of expensive. It may have something to do with your age. So you may look for a policy that isn't um, isn't age rated or the like. If you are interested in knowing more about travel insurance, if you go to TravelGuysRadio.com, we will have a link to World Nomads so that you can find out more about the product that they offer. Christina Kuna, the General Manager of Marketing and Brands for World Nomads, thank you for your time today on the Travel Guys. Appreciate it. It's been a pleasure. Thank you, and happy holidays and safe travel. Outstanding. Thank you, Christina, and then the same to you. You know what? Uh, how she was going through the list of different kinds of insurance that was available, and when she mentioned golf, uh-huh. I thought, is that going to cover the fact that uh, I got a really crappy game and I and I lost a lot of money to the people I was I was playing with and help bail me out? Now, Mark, you're not going to be riding a moped and in uh, Taiwan no. anytime soon. No, and I'm and, and and just to add additional protection to the insurance company, I don't golf. So that's, you know, an extra <laughs> an extra reason. Well, that was that Christina had some good information there, particularly um that tra- cancel for any reason policy and kind of making sure, you know, folks are really not good these days at reading the fine print, but when it comes to travel insurance, Really and truly, even if you trust the person that you're buying it from, um, you want to look at the at the details. I know at our company, um, we try to to hold the the details down to a, a bare minimum so people can understand what it is that they're buying. Anyway, more information at TravelGuysRadio.com. All right, we're going to take a short time out, and when we come back, uh, more things to make you a smarter traveler as we continue here on our Travel Guys Radio Show. Here again, Mark Hoffman and Tom Romano, the travel and entertainment guys, every Sunday, 3 to 4, here on this radio station and everywhere on uh, the iHeartRadio app. Find us at TravelGuysRadio.com. All right, Mark, let's finish out the show with some some fun stuff to make people smarter and informed travelers, no matter where they're traveling. Absolutely. Well, you know, we've talked on this program about Hertz Car Rental and their issues with um, they're just their issues, period, all over the place. Um, Hertz has had a habit the last couple of years of sending the popo out to pick up customers who they think have a car that is long overdue. The only problem is that uh, in some cases, uh, the folks that they've gone to arrest and the like are not don't have a car, perhaps have never arrest, never done business with Hertz. Here's what happens. Somebody rents a car from Hertz and they give a fake address mm-hmm. as maybe one that they know is a somebody is a Hertz customer. Maybe not. I give they give yours. a fake address. They don't return the car. Mm-hmm. Um, Hertz comes looking for the car. And of course, they come looking for it at the address that because nobody's responding at your place. And so they come looking for the car from you. 
And uh, here's a, here's a story from a guy. This is taken from uh, One Mile at a Time uh, website online. He says um, he is is uh, responding to the fact that Hertz has reached the $168 million settlement with the people who they have been arresting, who hadn't stolen their cars. This gentleman says, I actually woke up one morning to find a flat bed tow truck blocking all three of my garage doors at 5 a.m. When I told the tow truck driver he was on private property, he said he was instructed by Hertz to recover a stolen Corvette on a rental agreement that used my home address as the billing address with someone else's name. I've never even rented from Hertz. They registered my home address into the automatic traffic system database, so if I were pulled over, I could have been arrested. Long story short, it took over two years and several corporate lawyers before the issue was finally resolved. No apology, no free upgrade, nothing from Hertz. So I continue not to use Hertz, despite Tom Brady's stupid, smirky smile and their dumbass advertisements. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Anyways, uh, $168 million is what Hertz has to pay these folks. This was a class action uh, suit, and here it says the average person in the suit would be getting about $460,000 minus legal fees. So although a couple of these people were actually arrested and taken to jail. Oh, my. So, um, so here, just to give you an idea, if you're thinking about renting a car from Hertz, thinking that maybe they've got their act together, um, Hertz is saying the vast majority of these cases will probably be covered by their insurance. So Hertz did this and doesn't appear to be all that concerned about what they did because after all, their insurance covers the mistake. So think about that the next time that you're choosing a car rental company, and I will tell you that I've rented from Hertz for a long time. When I read this article and I read what the Hertz people had to say about it, I'm not renting a Hertz car again. There are lots of other choices out there, and there's no reason to be stuck with Hertz. Um, okay, one other quick thing here. Yes, sir? No, I, I was just going to say, and, and that's probably more than one man's opinion. Yeah, probably. Probably, too. Yeah, probably the guy who who had the tow truck in his driveway at 5 in the morning. All right, Indonesia has passed a a law banning premarital sex and cohabitation. So um, this is in Indonesia. Wait a minute. Yeah. Well, I could – how are they going to track premarital sex? What method method of detection are they using? Well, I guess if you leave the blinds open or, you okay. know, the drapes undrawn or Never something mind. Like I'm that. just muddying the waters here. Go the, for it. What we're trying to uh, what the point of all of this is, is that just like uh, Qatar, which which said, you know, if you want to come over here for the World Cup, you're not going to be able to drink in the stadium no, and you're only going to be able to drink in special yeah. places. And LGBT people are not really welcome here because that's not part of our culture. And there was a lot of pushback and stuff. But the reality is that if you're going to visit in another country, mm-hmm. unless you're successful in changing the rules before you get there, you better be accustomed to the fact that you're going to have to practice their local customs and, and how things are done in their country um, first. And if you're not willing to do that, then you probably should scratch that country off your list until they change your mind or your circumstances change. Um, Yes, sir. So what you're saying is you better do your homework. If you're going to travel to a foreign country that you don't know a lot about the culture, uh, you better do some research, you know, uh, hand gestures. There's, there's, There's lots of things that we do in this country that are totally wrong in other countries and like you say you need you need to know 
you need to know the lay of the land. You could be you, arre- you could be arrested, uh, obviously denied service. Uh, the list goes on and on. All kinds of, of things like that. Anyway, just one thing to look at because that'll keep you dancing like nobody's watching. All right, my friends, thanks for joining us. Don't forget, TravelGuysRadio.com is where you can find links to our special guests and so much more. Have a great week. See you next time right here on The Travel Guys. Town. You never have-